This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly Podcast from Retail Insider. It's currently September the 5th, and welcome to all of our listeners. I'm joined here with Craig Patterson, who's the editor-in-chief of Retail Insider, to talk about this week's articles from Retail Insider. And boys, it's been a busy week. Uh, But yeah, thanks for joining us, Craig. Oh, thank you as always. Great to be here. Yeah, but it sounds like you've had a very busy week with talks and presentations and stuff. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, it's exhausting. It was only a four-day week, and it feels like it was a 40-day week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> this week I actually got to speak at Real REIT, uh, real, that's for real Estate Investment Trust, and uh, gave a little bit of a talk about uh, retail and real estate and uh, and whatnot and the future of shopping centers. It was so interesting. Honestly, I thought everybody else, everyone else was more interesting than me because they were actually landlords talking about stuff, and I thought that was really uh fascinating and uh anyone who's a landlord and wants to gossip or tell me about stuff please uh, email me or contact me because i'm so interested in these sorts of things (laughs) well i'm I'm glad that you're able to make time for us i know that you're heading out for traveling over the next week but i should also mention that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by jll canada and we'll have a little message from them later in the podcast but uh, I'm jumping right into things. I think everyone would like to know about our most read article. So far this week has been Nike because it was opening a massive flagship in Yorkdale. Or it will be. But it looks like there's a two-story store that's going to be occupying retail spaces and shuttering home outfitters and set to open in November 2020 with, um, I think, the landlord's Oxford properties. But when I was reading through the article, Craig, it was mentioning that there was going to be the largest storefront, and I was kind of confused by that. But could you kind of clarify that for us? Yeah, yeah. It's not the largest storefront, say, in the world. It's going to be the largest Nike, or it's, I guess it's the largest storefront for Fox Group. They're a um, Israeli-based, uh, I guess, kind of a conglomerate that um, runs kind of franchised stores. And so, you know, Fox has some Nike stores in Canada. This will be by far their largest one. Oh. I guess it's their largest store in the world for the Fox Group generally, but it also be, I believe, the largest Nike store in uh, Canada currently. We used to have these Nike town stores uh, like in Toronto, but they closed a long time ago. And then uh, they also have a um, beauty or skincare brand called, it's either Laline or Laline. Uh, oh. We didn't have like a live show or someone could call in and correct me. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, they're and they're also sort of Israel and it's like the skincare brand and they've expanded quite quickly into Canada. And they are, I mean, they've started in Ontario and I'm assuming that they'll be going across the country. But and they were blitzing the country, not only in the Toronto area, as they all seem to enter Canada through Toronto these days, mm, but yeah. they were going into smaller places like, you know, London and, and in Kitchener and, and possibly Hamilton. Uh, I'd have to actually check on Hamilton. But anyways, yeah, they're they're expanding. So, you know, this group, uh, you know, out of Israel clearly likes Canada. And hey, we like them because they're bringing retail here. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're based out of Tel Aviv too, but like is is uh do they just have the rights for a certain region or something? Like and then there's other companies or owners that would be opening up Nike stores elsewhere around the world or how does that work? Oh, definitely. And you know Nike does its own corporate stores as well. Right. So I yeah. I'm sure that they would have some sort of geographic mandate is what they would call it or you know some sort of rights to a certain area. And honestly, I'm not privy to that all that information cuz um where we got the scoop from was actually from a um a publication in Israel that uh, published a story on uh, you know Nike Globes. opening this store. Yeah. Globes, that's right. I honestly never heard of that publication, but you know I'm not reading the news in Israel regularly. Yeah. <laughs> um by any means or ever for that matter, but uh, you know we do a scoop uh, you know for our news from around the web. That 
that we uh, put out almost daily on Retail Insider. And it just happens that this news story, I just kind of found it when I was it doing that search in, in the evening. So yeah. I like doing those news searches myself. We've got someone that helps with it. But um, it just kind of keeps me up with what's happening in the industry. And then, you know, I can do things like go to conferences and talk about what's happening and what's the newest and latest. And I was talking about, you know, drone delivery today on uh, that London Drugs is doing out in Western Canada. And people in the audience seem shocked. And, you know, again, these are all things that we kind of just discover as we scoop oh, up yeah. news. Well, it's really interesting that Israel and Tel Aviv and stuff would be talking about stores that are opening up in Toronto. But like when I was looking at uh, the article, the renderings look like it's like a, t- a 32,000 square or more square foot place. So it looks like it might be like quite the gem or like key to their strategy that's going forward for not only them, but also for Yorkdale. So um, do you think that's the case? Because I, I know that Yorkdale is not having a, um, a hard time with, you know, performance and like revenue and stuff like that. No, I mean, Yorkdale, I'm working on the um, Retail Council of Canada Shopping Centre study. Yeah. And, you know, Yorkdale, again, is ranked number one in Canada in terms of shopping centres. Uh, actually, we're waiting for a couple of numbers from Cadillac Fairview, but I'm pretty sure that Yorkdale will win. It's just under $2,000 a square foot. So uh, you know, go Yorkdale. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, flagship stores or at least, you know, sort of the newest and biggest concept stores that you'll see in Canada, all kinds of first to Canada brands. And um, I'm also working on the uh, Retail Council of Canada, uh, Canadian Retail Shopping Centre study. And um, what they're looking for is um, they're actually going to turn it into kind of like a magazine or it's going to have a whole bunch of uh, editorial in it. And they're inviting um, parties that are interested in sort of providing their insight into uh, what's happening with Canadian shopping centres to uh, be able to write something for that publication. They are asking uh, for uh, that to be done with a fee. So it is almost like advertorial content, I guess you would say. So, uh, you know, if anyone's interested in kind of getting that exposure in the study, because, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not even into the millions of people will be reading it, you know, contact me, Craig Patterson at Craig at retail-insider.com. Which is in our show notes too, but, and absolutely the, you know, shopping center study is required reading for pretty much any of the landlords, brokers and stuff that are out there to see what's going on. But a lot of them know, but, and also contribute to it, but it's really interesting to see who actually reads it. So, but yeah, so in the show notes, we'll have some, uh, uh, Craig's email address if you want to get in touch with them for that. But, uh, yeah, other than Nike, which uh, one of the other things I noticed is that doesn't Nike already have a store in Yorkdale? Yeah, it's got a small one. Um, I have to go to the lease plan and check, but it's uh, definitely not 32,000 square feet. It's more like, you know, 3,200 square feet or something like that. So um, that yeah. uh, store will actually, you know, I, I have some insider info. Well, I, we I kind of do. Yeah. Um, oh, do we? I mean, Ooh. I'm what all, I can say is that excited. it's going to be, I think it's going to be a first Canada brand. It's a brand that uh, Fox Group controls, and it's not that Laline or Laline that I was talking about because that's already in Yorkdale. So um, they're going to bring another brand to Canada, right. apparently. But uh, I don't have all the details yet. So stay tuned. Keep reading Retail Insider because at some point I'll find out and we'll report on it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But also what's another store that was in our brief that came out, which is also a very well-read article, was uh, Innisfree was opening its first Canadian store in Yorkdale, which is literally 2,500 square feet. So apparently it's smaller than the Nike store, but still (laughs) it's opening up and a second location is going to be opening up soon in the um, Toronto Eaton Centre area. But um, what's your thought on Innisfree that's coming in from South Korea? Um, Yeah, no, it's interesting because we're seeing all of these, again, you know, I keep talking about international brands coming to Canada. In this case, this is a Korean beauty brand. We're seeing K-beauty, I guess is what they call it, being really, really popular. And 
Um, so, you know, we've already seen, well, there's all these stores called, they used to be called the Face Shop, um, and now they're rebranding them as the as Nature Collection. And uh, so, you know, Innisfree is another one of these brands that is, uh, uh, you know, coming in and, and to the market, and they're not, say, coming in through, you know, either a Shoppers Drug Mart or a Sephora or something like that. They're actually going, you know, direct to consumer and opening these stores, which I think is pretty interesting. So, you know, Yorkdale, again, got a first to Canada. CF Toronto Eaton Center will be getting the second one. And I don't know when the, the BC expansion will start, but yeah. probably not. Like, it'd probably be 2020, if, if not even if they've already got something under construction that I'm, I'm not aware of now. I haven't honestly asked or, you know, inquired into that. I just kind of assume that, you know, this is going to be a national rollout. And, you know, at some point they'll probably enter, you know, the Alberta market, probably through West Edmonton Mall. You know, there is a bit of a pattern that I start to notice with certain brands. But I'm not always right because, you know, Bash, uh, B-A, Appersand, S-H... Uh, we'll be talking about their stores uh, as they uh, come to Canada. And I kind of wrote in a, in a brief, I, I speculated that Yorkdale would be the first location, just given that Jeff Berkowitz is the broker and he puts lots of uh, brands in there. But I was wrong, so stay tuned. I'm not going to say where uh, the stores are going. <laughs> well, I was just looking because, again, like CBRE is going to be brokering those deals. But um, when I take a look at where it's going, likely, it's right next to um, L'Oreal French Fragrance LTA Cologne, I think is how you pronounce it as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, it seems like a good spot for it. So it sounds exciting. Yeah, it looks like a really neat store. I haven't been up to Yorkdale since it opened, but the facade looks like really pretty. pretty. <laughs> yeah, like when you take a look at some photos that we have on there, it looks awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Awesome. Well, and besides the um, action that's going on in Yorkdale, um, there's some going a little bit north to Montreal. The Ivanhoe Cambridge uh, does provide us a Montreal Eaton Center overhaul update, which I get the feeling is very highly anticipated just because it's like downtown. A lot of people see it. Two shopping centers are basically merging together, it seems, with food courts food hall sorry and a lot of like big roster of new tenants that are coming through so you were there craig can you walk us through the project yeah i'm having this love affair with montreal i gotta tell you i'm heading back soon and it's montreal such a great city i mean if i spoke french better i would probably move there but um (laughs) yeah it's really neat so you've got these two shopping centers are basically merging into one so um year in years past you know eaton or eaton's was a department store you know that was all over canada and and it collapsed miserably and you know it was really really sad and mm. i think the largest eaton store in the entire chain was in montreal it was actually bigger than the flagship in toronto interestingly enough so the montreal store i think was about a million square feet and about nine floors above ground and one or two below and you know this gigantic building and then they built this shopping center next to it called the montreal eaton center which was you know much smaller it was sort of you know funny enough it was smaller than the department store um you know but it was a multi-level shopping center so uh you know eaton's uh, you know finally shuttered in 1999 and um so that eaton store uh was kind of converted to a well a small department store or smaller department store went in there called les de la mode and uh, it was going to be Canada's answer to Nordstrom. You know, it was this upscale, nice uh, store that uh, had great brands and great customer service. And um, it didn't really succeed so well. Uh, well. No. no. <laughs> so they kind of, they shrunk it down to about, I think, 75,000 square feet. And they kind of put it in the back of this complex laissez, uh, which again is the old Eaton department store. And then they had the, you know, Eaton Centre Montreal next to it and it should be Le Centre Eaton you know again you know I should be using a French accent but again my French is terrible because you know I spent so many years in Western Canada and didn't speak French but 
Um, now what Ivanhoe Cambridge is doing is they're basically merging these two shopping centers together. And uh, the place is like just ripped apart. And I was there a few weeks ago. And But you can just sense this excitement in downtown Montreal because this isn't the only thing under construction. Most of downtown Montreal is under, is under, under construction right now. It's really interesting. Ivanhoe Cambridge is spending well over a billion dollars alone just oh, wow. doing this. Really? And, wow. Yeah, like they got yeah. just south of there and it's kind of connected underground. There's all these underground connections. And Place Ville-Marie. Uh, they're going to be doing a gourmet beer garden is what they call it, uh, you know, kind of like almost a food hall beer garden. But, you know, back to the Montreal Eaton Center, they're going to have, um, oh. you know, the timeout market. It'll be one of uh, the first ones in the world. I think the very first one was in Portugal and Lisbon. And then um, they're going to have, you know, Decathlon, the uh, sports retailer uh, will be uh, at in this well. new Montreal Eaton Center. The Gap will have a new location, uh, Old Navy. And um, then there's some speculation that uh, I maybe I just out of respect won't say it, but a very well-known, you know, Japanese retailer might be moving in uh, known for their fashion. And, but again, that was sort of speculation. Apparently that was something that was talked about in a tour, but you know, I wasn't on that tour. So I can't really say anything. I don't have, you know, information that I can confirm anything with, but nevertheless, you know, talking a little bit about Montreal generally and the downtown core and the construction, I mean, it's really exciting because, you know, we're seeing a lot of, you know, like Vancouver's had a lot of construction downtown, but it's sort of, you know, had its prime and peak. Toronto is, well, Toronto's ridiculous. It's always under construction. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe someday the city will be finished, but it's just, I mean, oh my God, it's, it's almost too much. But in Montreal, it's really neat because, you know, you've got this downtown core construction around the Eaton Centre and the Place Ville-Marie. Um, you know, you, St. Catherine Street's being ripped apart. And, you know, it's kind of like I say, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. Um, uh, the uh, Hudson Bay Department Store, uh, Maxime Frechette uh, in Montreal, who does some uh, working, you know, works with us. And, uh, you know, actually, you know, uh, we co-wrote the article. Um, he sent me some photos of the uh, upscale new beauty area at Hudson Bay, uh, the flagship oh. there, which it looks really, yeah, really yeah. neat, actually. They've got, um, you know, Tom Ford and um, some Gucci related, I think they're mostly fragrances or something, but they, they look like they're branded areas, which are really neat. And then the thing that I'm really, you know, excited about, I'm sure people can figure that out if they read retail insider or talk to me is Holt Renfrew Ogilvy. And uh, I can't wait to go back and see, you know, the next set of floors that they open because they, uh, when I was there, they had the beauty hall in the basement, uh, about I think 25 to 28,000 square feet. I mean, I'm a little less excited by that because I don't wear cosmetics or beauty. I don't even wear fragrances to be honest, but um, the men's floor is, it's crazy. It's 40,000 square feet and it's just so many, you know, brands and their own little shops up there and it's gorgeous. So basically, you know, Montreal is seeing this incredible construction boom in its core and not even just in central Montreal. You know, I, I went out, I was there for a party that uh, Carbon Leo was uh, hosting for its Royal Mount uh, project, which is really beyond a shopping center. It's going to obviously have retail, but it's going to have you know, housing, it's uh, apparently they might even do a school. I was reading a, a French language publication that I had to translate. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. it's going to be almost like a complete community. So they're going to be, you know, they, they've owned many, many acres around that area there. And they're going to create a bridge to a, a transit uh, station, uh, a metro station, I guess is what we would call it there. And um, it's almost like this, you know, this shopping center of the future isn't just about shopping. It's almost like a gathering place with, you know, entertainment and restaurants and food halls and, you know, kind of almost that West Edmonton mall model that we were talking yeah. about, but with, but with housing. Well, and, and I had some other kind of questions around the the actual article that we had on Montreal Eaton Center overhaul there. So I just kind of run a ramp it back there because there's a mention of that Old Navy's um, flagship was going to be relocated. 
but there was a mention that there was like a 10,000 square foot restaurant that will overlook a newly pedestrianized McGill College Street. Mm -hmm. Is that something that was kind of like, because apparently the city of Montreal announced last year that it would be transforming the block of McGill to a public square to become a focal point of the city. But is that kind of linked to this project or is like something completely different that... So the city of Montreal is just like rejuvenating their downtown with. Oh, actually, that's a good question. Um, I, th- you know, you know what? It is. It's not related, but it just happens to be having it. Ha- sorry, it's happening at the it's same happening time. At the same time. That's right. I had to think about that for a sec because already, you know, that St. Catherine Street construction. You know, I, I think the city kind of, you know, spearheaded that regardless. And the city's being quite strategic with its public realm. So what they're doing with that block of McGill College again is, you know, they're basically turning it into almost like a public square or, you know, like a meeting place. It's not going to be for cars. It's going to be for people. And that's one thing that I really love about Montreal is, uh, you know, there are a lot of these sidewalk cafes and whatnot. And what they'll even do is take out parking spaces uh, in, say, on a street and they'll create these, uh, you know, little seating areas for cafes and bars and whatever that people can go to. And you go along Crescent Street, uh, you know, much of the street now is like that. You know, they've got these, uh, uh, you know, basically they've taken away parking and they've, they've put places for people they got beautiful squares cabot yeah. square recently was you know yeah, renovated yeah. and you know the beautiful public realm and in certainly central parts of montreal which has gotten you know me excited and uh, and i love that and, and i wish that toronto did that a bit more um i know in vancouver you've got uh, you know you probably would know more than i would but you know they have done a few yeah. of these little cafes i've seen them on robson street oh, completely right? robin street and around the art gallery and all that kind of stuff is is places where people then go and linger and and they've shut down a lot of the streets there to, so that you can actually have more walking and gathering places so it totally makes sense but is um like this kind of support that is kind of happening it seems like uh, like I take a look at Yorkdale or some other malls that are around, like they don't necessarily have this kind of asset around them or, you know, investment from the city. It seems is this unique in this kind of, um, like I was going to say Paris, <laughs> is this like unique in the Montreal kind of case or is those, this type of mall innovation happening next to again like hand in hand into this kind of development common uh it's not super common but it certainly happened um in the neighborhood that i live in, in toronto which is bloor yorkville uh basically bloor mm-hmm. street was ripped apart i i don't i didn't live in the city when it happened uh, i had i was away which probably wasn't a bad thing because it sounds like it was quite yeah. you know disruptive aggressive but yeah they i mean <laughs> you know in toronto it was a partnership including the blur yorkville bia they uh, you know laid down these granite sidewalks and uh, on blur street they, they made these wide sidewalks and and overall it's quite good i mean you know it's it's probably these are probably the best sidewalks in the city of toronto i mean toronto's public realm you know is is not generally very attractive i mean in toronto is a great city, but it's not a beautiful city. And uh, Blur Street is. I mean, yeah, I really like what they've done there. And I like what, you know, is happening, say, on Yorkville Avenue with the paving stones as well. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, our cities are competing with cities around the world. And, you know, people are attracted to aesthetics. You know, we, that's humanity. We are influenced by our yeah, environment. You preach into the, the choir over <laughs> here. I live in Vancouver and that's all about aesthetics. Exactly. Well, that's all so. Vancouver is about. I'm kidding. No, but yeah. uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, it, it, like, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Toronto could benefit as a city and I think that it could actually see benefit to retail if the public realm generally was improved because there are a lot of parts of Toronto that are falling apart. And, you know, I've noticed, you know, in central parts of Montreal, and I'm not speaking about the whole city because not the whole city is beautiful, but, you know, when a city actually, I think, pays attention to its public realm and, you know, makes things look attractive, 
people are more likely to spend more time there and to spend their money there. And that's why, say, shopping centers like Yorkdale are very successful is because they're actually attractive and people are going there and they're feeling safe, secure, and, you know, they're, they're you know, shopping as a result. And, and, you know, there are parts of Toronto. I mean, Toronto is a very, very safe city, but, you know, perception is reality and sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Well, and the only other component of the article that I thought was interesting to bring up was the timeout market. Because again, it's highly anticipated. I don't necessarily, I've seen like stuff in Lisbon for timeout markets. So I'm very interested to see what this 40,000 square foot, 16 restaurant and three bars is going to look like with all that seating and demonstration kitchens and stuff like that. Because like, it just seems out of this world. Like I know that Italy is going to be coming along to your neck of the woods in Toronto there, but how does this timeout excitement, mar- for like the excitement for this timeout market compare to stuff like Italy um, or other kind of food halls around in Canada that have been announced. Got a, f- a few food halls in Canada already, and it seems like they're they're, mul- they're multi uh, vendor food halls. So it, it sounds like Time Art Market's going to be a little bit like that. Whereas Italy is almost like this sort of chaotic uh, grocery store slash restaurant. I guess grocerant is the term that some people might use. So um, they are a little bit different because with you know Italy, it isn't a bunch of different vendors all in there whereas you know at the timeout market uh there are going to be the different vendors vendors. yeah yeah when i was taking a look at the midtown um commons that is coming up in saskatoon midtown plaza it has a whole bunch of different vendors in there as well so it looks like that might be the way to go or some of the trends are going that direction too but back to the timeout market it does look like there's like one year leases so that they're trying to get them to have consistency and also keep them priced at a eight to twelve or eight to twenty dollar range so that it also gives everyone kind of an idea of what they're going to have to pay in order to get there right yeah yeah and i guess that's sort of mid-range i mean it's not super cheap but it's not you know horribly expensive there's a, it's not 50 dollars for a meal no no yeah. no it's funny there's a restaurant going to be opening where i live in toronto where i think each plate is going to be like somewhere to 150 to 200 dollars we won't i won't say what the restaurant is because it hasn't been announced yet but um it will be yeah. and, and there's a, a well-known landlord involved uh, certainly that leased it but now it looks it looks interesting and and when i'm looking through it more it looks like they won't be accepting cash for purchases except in the bar so is that like a new thing that's coming out because i haven't really heard of only you know credit or debit cards or mobile payments for um you know accepting purchases so What's your thought on that trend? It's interesting because I think, like, I guess because I, I, I have my own cards, whatever. I mean, you know, as a consumer, I'm like, well, this is great. It's going to be faster. It's probably convenient. I mean, I probably would have only used cards anyways. I mean, I felt bad. I was at a restaurant yesterday, and they didn't have a tip function on their payment system, mm. and I wasn't able to leave a Oops. tip. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. Oh. Like, we're, you know, we're in almost in this post-cash society. But at the same time, you know, there are some people that are either hesitant to use cards or don't have them. And so, you know, is this discrimination? I mean, um I, I don't know. I mean, it's legal, so I, I can certainly say that that's the case. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it is yeah. interesting. I mean, I think that the future, you know, is probably going to be cashless. I know that we've got these Amazon Go stores, and, you know, that's the whole shtick, right, is that you go in and you can walk out and, you you know, there's no real cash transaction. It's, it's all done on these mobile payments. But at the same time, uh, I think cities like Philadelphia, and I'm not sure if it was passed in San Francisco, but they've actually made those uh, made it illegal not to, uh, you know, for a store not to accept cash. So uh, I think there's mm. going to be a little bit of a battle there. I mean, I think that the future is probably going to be seamless payments. I mean, you know, all these we talk about, you know, the convenience and retail getting things to be as, 
you know, simplified as pro as possible, make it, you know, easy, simple in and out. But uh, there is going to be this resistance. So I, I don't know where things are going to lie in the end, just because, you know, if cities like Philadelphia are doing this, I mean, that's a pretty big city. And just a quick word from our sponsor for the podcast, which is JLL Canada. What's your ambition? Visit jll.ca to see how JLL is here to create rewarding opportunities and amazing spaces around the globe where people can achieve their ambitions. Yeah. Well, and thanks for kind of taking us through what's going on in Montreal there. Uh, one of the other articles that I kind of wanted to touch upon to kind of wrap up the podcast is more something from my roots in Saskatchewan, but the Canadian jewelry brand Hilberg & Burke announces a retail store expansion into British Columbia and Manitoba. So like again, it's headquartered out of um, Regina. So woohoo, uh, go Wascana and, uh, you know, the Saskatchewan legislature that's there. But uh, I was very <laughs> excited to kind of see that they were starting to expand into Coquitlam Center in BC and to the uh, Cadillac Fairview Polo Park in Winnipeg. But those, uh, like, it just seems like um, the broker Aurora um, Realty has been keeping busy with all that expansion. But is there anything interesting um, that you'd like to t- touch on that with that expansion, Craig? Yeah, yeah. Um, Rachel Milky, I may have pronounced their last name wrong, uh, you know, founded the brand a few years ago. And she's all about female empowerment. She's really, really nice. I've talked to her on the phone before, and, and she's just awesome. Like, she's really enthusiastic. And she's worked with, you know, Brett Wilson from, what's that show called? Dragon's Den? Oh, it's Dragon's Den, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's because there's Shark Tank. That's, I think, another country. Oh, that's the and, American um, one, yeah. It's the American <laughs> one, that's right, yeah. So, uh, you know, Rachel's really expanded this. I mean, she's she's really, really ambitious. So, you know, she's from Regina, or at least she started the company in Regina. And it's cool because the first store, or I should say not the first store, but the flagship store is actually in an old house just south of downtown Regina. I saw that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So, you know, she's doing, uh, you know, these stores, you know, they got Regina, Saskatoon, they moved into Alberta, you know, they did, uh, I saw the Sparkle Bar at West Edmonton Mall. And now, you know, she's going to be open stores you know in uh, british columbia so she'll start with coquitlam center she's going to do cf polo park in winnipeg and apparently the stores the new ones are going to look different because if you look at the current ones they're kind of very nice you know they're black and white and very chic and you know they they have this neat look to them and apparently they're going to start doing some burgundies and some richer colors so i'm curious to see how you know what they're going to look like like at some point we'll see some photos and whatever and it's kind of neat to see how a brand can sort of evolve with how their stores look because for a jewelry store the look of the store is pretty important kind of their trademark yeah kind of yeah like you've got the jewelry design but very often you you know if it's a higher-end jeweler or you know something that actually is branded um you know you kind of you know the look of the jewelry store is almost like an extension of the jewelry itself and then the lighting like the other day i was in the david yerman boutique at holt renfrew the new one in downtown toronto and you know, I was just like, oh, my God, this looks like it's absolutely spectacular. And the, and the woman said, yeah, it's all about the lighting. <laughs> so, oh, wow. you know, because they get these amazing lights that, you know, just make these diamonds, you know, sparkle to no end. And, you know, if you get them home, they may not quite look the same. I'm sure they're still lovely. But, you know, they, when yeah. you see stuff in a jewelry store, you know, it's they've really hopefully got their A game on in terms of their lighting and whatever else they're doing to promote well, their uh, When you take a look at, I think, Tiffany's, for example, their, you know, legacy blue box kind of thing. But when you look inside, like the the new Vancouver store when it opened, it's very much wood grain and that kind of stuff. So it's not like it's parading around with like, you know, the blue box kind of theme everywhere. So I would be interested to see like when I was in um, Saskatoon's Midtown Plaza and I kind of strolled by and I saw it was very white, very noticeable. And when I saw that, I'm like, that's absolutely that that brand. So if they're deviating from that, like it's should be interesting to see how that brand recognition kind of either translates or doesn't. 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, you got to, I don't think it was open the day that you were there, but you walked by the Burks in Saskatoon. Like, it's actually on, a, it's a street I front did. store. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So I went by Burks, and it's, a, again, like, they have, like, a whole little, like, they have, a like, a, like a clock t- tower that's right outside as well that has Burks on it, too. So it's a very much, it was, again, closed. So, like, all of the mannequins and stuff that they have in the windows had all their their dressing and stuff off because of course you don't want jewelry when your store is closed in the window and but, we, we uh, need to be clear the store isn't closed permanently it was closed because it was a oh, sunday right yeah so i was Good. there on the weekend yep. so yeah so it, it was closed for business hours so it's still fully in operation and very much part of the culture of the downtown saskatoon area so but yeah so it was very beautiful too so and i'm honestly surprised that you know maybe we call it maison burks but i'm surprised that burks has a standalone store in saskatoon because you know midtown plaza really is the main shopping the center place. right like it's, yeah. it's the place to be right you know it's got i believe you know hudson bay is there you know, I think Eaton's eons ago was there, but, you know, and then it was Sears. And, um, you know, all the popular retailers that are in Saskatoon are pretty much in that center. You know, Center Mall, I think, yes. is the other one that's that's well known. But, you know, and when I lived in, I, I, I went, actually, I mean, I went to the Alpha Murray College of Notre Dame. It's a boarding school that's south of Regina. And so we used to go to, you know, we sneak into Regina all the time. We, we weren't supposed to. And we would go to Cornwall Center and, you know, the Burks in Regina was at Cornwall Center, and I believe it's, I don't think it's any Burks oh. actually in Regina, unfortunately. There's been a few stores that have closed in Regina, and that's too bad. Like, you know, the city, you know, it's 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 okay. But, you know, like, the, it doesn't have even the retail that Saskatoon has right now for the most part. But it does have the headquarters for Hilberg and Burks. Well, what I thought was interesting, though, was like, it was downpouring rain when I was there. So I was wanting to go take a look at it, um, but it was, you know, not connected. It was in its own separate area. So... It gets to minus 40 and snow and windy. So, you know, to your point, like if I'm going to choose to go shopping somewhere when it's not a sparkling, beautiful day on like a summer afternoon, I'll probably just go into uh, Midtown Plaza uh, instead of making the Mm -hmm. mall all the way, like the, the trip all the way over there. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's so I shouldn't speculate, but I mean, at some point, uh, you know, Burks might consider moving into the mall if it stays in the Saskatoon market well, at all. And at the end of the day, um, so congratulations, though, back to the uh, the Hilbert and Burke. Um, congrats to the opening to that too. So, but like, is there any other? Like, I know that you've been combing through the e news all week. So I was just wondering, is there any other kind of items that came up that you wanted to kind of? you know give a moment or two to discuss one thing one thing from you know news from around the web this week you know we didn't report on this specifically but you know the hudson bay company continues to make some big changes and one thing that i thought was really interesting is they're closing their stores in the netherlands and you know the hudson bay company had big plans for the netherlands they actually opened you know in amsterdam it was the first place in the world that had a hudson bay store that was called hudson's bay that wasn't in Canada. So it was like their first international location. And they actually purpose built, from what I could tell on Google Street View, these stores. And it was like more than one store because it was like separate buildings from a parent, from what I could see. And it looked beautiful. I mean, honestly, it looked better than the Bay stores we have here in Canada. And unfortunately, they didn't, you know, succeed. And, and, and Hudson Bay, you know, is, is closing them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really too bad. But, you know, I, I was reading some reports and, you know, the people in the Netherlands were saying that these Bay stores were a little bit expensive and maybe they were priced out. And, um, you know, Hudson wow. Bay did take over locations from a, another company that went bankrupt, uh, you know, a room in Dresden. I, I probably didn't pronounce that right. But 
um, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. it is a bit of a shame that, you know, Hudson's Bay is pulling out, but the company's really, you know, streamlining and, and focusing on its core business now from the looks of it. And, you know, they've already announced that they've sold, uh, you know, Lord and Taylor uh, to uh, Latote, I believe, which is a clothing rental company in, in an interesting arrangement. So, you know, things are changing at Hudson's Bay and I honestly didn't think we would see Lord and Taylor uh, in a couple of years. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen still? I, I don't know, but I think we're in for a lot more changes with the Hudson Bay Company. I think we're going to see stores closing, like not all of them, but I think we'll see a few Hudson Bay stores close. I think we'll see, the, you know, the company try to negotiate with landlords, and you know, we may see more closures of some Saks Off Fifth stores, just given some sales numbers I've been provided in Canada and elsewhere. And I think that we'll be seeing, you know, some big changes yeah. with the company as well. But I wish them well. I mean, it's you know, at least the company was founded in Canada. It's the oldest corporation in uh, North America, and uh, you know that is still continuing in business. And, and uh, you know, you know, it's it's a company that I think has a future if it plays its cards right. Mm. Well, and thank you for all that update and all that perspective too, Craig. Um, but. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast and please remember to hit subscribe to be notified whenever we have a new podcast out and to rate us five stars to kind of get the word out on how awesome our podcast is. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much and we will see you all next week. 